Hello, and welcome to In the Odd at MSU, a behind-the-scenes look at Michigan State University Department of Theater's productions and special projects. I am your host, Abby Taikaki. So anyone who regularly listens to this pod knows that my usual canned introduction is all about the activity that happens within the auditorium building on Michigan State's campus. But as I speak, the odd has been empty now for over two months as all learning has shifted online due to the COVID-19 novel coronavirus outbreak. So I spent some time reflecting on the name of this podcast, In the Odd. It comes as no surprise that the learning normally housed in the odd has continued far beyond its walls in some unexpected but wonderful ways. And that is because bricks and mortar of the auditorium, no matter how gorgeous it is, don't make learning happen. The Department of Theater's dedicated and caring faculty and staff do. So this podcast serves to shine a light on how the faculty of the MSU Department of Theater are training future practitioners of the performing arts to challenge and redefine traditional theater as an artistic response to an ever-changing world. And that feels way bigger a statement now than it ever did two months ago. My guest today is Rob Rosnowski. Rob is an award-winning actor, director, playwright, researcher, author, and educator. He has appeared extensively through the United States as an actor and director in New York, Los Angeles, regionally at Goodspeed Musicals, Long Wharf Theater, and the Pittsburgh Public Theater. He was part of the original cast of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change, and can be heard on the show's recording. He's directed internationally in Colombia, Dubai, and Greece, where he was a Fulbright Fellow. He also happens to be head of acting and directing in the MSU Department of Theater. He's won more awards for his teaching than I can count, most recently receiving the William J. Beale Outstanding Faculty Award and the President's Distinguished Teaching Award for his comprehensive and sustained record of scholarly excellence in research and for creating innovative teaching environments that enable student learning within and across disciplinary, cultural, and ethnic boundaries. He also identifies as an introvert. As a researcher, Rob examines the intersection of acting and psychology. His books, Inner Monologue in Acting and Roadblocks in Acting, examine the complex thought processes of actors when creating characters and the self-imposed barriers actors place on their work. In his new book, The Introverted Actor, Rob seeks to effect change to create parity for introverts and extroverts in a field that has tended to favor the the extrovert. Welcome, Rob Rosnowski. Thanks so much for having me. So, Rob, tell me, when did you realize that you were an introvert? And what was the journey that you went on to um, conducting this research and writing this book, The Introverted Actor? Sure. Um, So I don't think I knew I was an introvert for a very long time. I think back to my professional career as an actor and and I think back to those moments of being so drained after doing any sort of networking or social event. And I'm sort of equating social anxiety and introversion here, and those don't always go hand in hand. But but I think that I, I, I wouldn't know why I would be so drained or so fearful of these kind of unscripted interactions with people. And I, I would just come home from the, the the day completely drained and not know why or how. And, it, and, and you know, and I just 
kind of uh, kind of modeled or myself or kind of held myself as an extrovert because that's what uh, everybody sort of expected as an actor. And it wasn't until I read Susan Cain's book, um, Quiet, um, uh, that I really sort of um, opened my eyes to who I was. I was a, an introvert pretending to be an extrovert and I was teaching in that way. I was I was I was modeling and kind of running my classes in a very extroverted model where participation was entirely important. And I I, um, you know, I would rewarded novelty in the person who thought the fastest or the loudest or the first one with the hand up. And there I was kind of perpetuating these things that I kind of hated when I was a student. And I just did it because that's the way I thought I was supposed to teach. Um, and it wasn't until I was um, writing a book chapter uh, about introversion and acting that I really started to kind of experiment in my classes with the way in which I delivered information or expected information from students. And then I started to go, wow, my classroom is set up to reward introverts. Susan Cain talks in that book about how both in the business world and the educational world, the extrovert ideal is, is especially in America, the extrovert ideal is really kind of prevalent. And I was perpetuating that ideal. I completely identify with that as well. Um, in the professional world, um, <clears throat> being called into a brainstorming section unexpectedly is like my worst nightmare. I really like to take things in, have some time to process, and then come back and have a conversation about it. And think about that for an actor, right? The idea of ensemble building and team building, which again favors the extrovert, right? We, when do we get that processing time that we so desperately need, the introvert, if we're forced into team and ensemble building? Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you read... Susan Cain's book, yeah. Quiet. Mm -hmm. You wrote a chapter about being an introvert and acting, and and that led you to believe to realize that some of your your teaching methodologies um, were favoring the extrovert, or all of them actually. So so what was the next step then when you said, oh my gosh, there's so much to dig into here that hasn't been addressed within the field of theater? Yeah, well, I mean, I, first of all, then I started looking around for you know, other people, and you would get certain things online like blogs from actors, but there was really no sort of hard science or, or, or specifically actor-related information related to introversion and how that field doesn't seem to match what the, the requirements of the position is, you know what I mean? So I, I really wanted to, to dig a little bit deeper. And I brought along um, an MSU alum, Carolyn Conover, who had worked with me on several other books and had written some uh, parts of other books and edited it. And I asked her to kind of join me on this journey. And I also invited, um, Susan Cain had at one point uh, on her website, Quiet Revolution, a whole section on quiet training, which was um, going to educators, going to schools and kind of being an ambassador to show how you can offer parity in the classroom by um, teaching extroverts and introverts in, in a more fair level way. And the person that ran that was Dr. Heidi Kasevich. And she was, I invited her to come to MSU to kind of observe acting classes. She wasn't acting specific. She was a pedagogy and education person. She came to our classes and observed them and, and offered lots of information and lots of ways in which we could change the system and not just the system at MSU, but the way in which actor training is done mostly throughout the United States and, and the world. So um, she 
at that, when she came to MSU, we were like, hey, we want to be part of the book team. And she said yes. And so then uh, the three of us got together and we started writing and researching and, and experimenting with a lot of different ways of delivering information that, you know, that um, respected the introvert. So what is an example of one of the um, methodologies um, or suggestions that Heidi came from Heidi's work that you um, incorporated into your classrooms? Well, the, one of the main things that they talk about, just what you sort of alluded to, it's something called the long runway, which is giving information to the students so that they can expect everything that's about to happen in the next class or down the line or or in a couple of weeks. So on your syllabus, your syllabus is literally a moment by moment contract with an introvert, letting them know what what's to be expected of them. Um, what what's to be expected of them what is um what's going to happen in the next class if they want to look ahead they can look at the rules let's say you're playing a theater game or improv game they can look ahead and see what the rules are so that they're not caught off guard in the moment and i really started using that in this uh, what i piloted most of my um research on was this class uh comedy class and the end of that semester was going to be a performance at a live comedy club so throughout that semester we kept doing check-ins because the students were so nervous about this extrovert or introvert but we kept checking in throughout the semester uh offer uh, looking at their material and honing it and editing it and editing it so that it was this really long runway approach before the plane took off to actually um into the the comedy um final that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and so what was some of the, the feedback you got from students, introvert or extrovert or ambivert? Yeah. So, I mean, some, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's all you. Okay. Sorry. Um, so I think that what was really exciting is we did, we made many changes into each section of the course. So as an example, when they were pitching um, their uh, ideas for sketch comedy, we had them pitch it in a variety of ways. So it wasn't just verbally. And, and so that, which favors the extrovert, some people could do it over social media, you could record something, you could do a PowerPoint, you could right. so that it wasn't just kind of pitching their ideas in the traditional extrovert favored way. In their, in their other scenes, they were um, asked to choose uh, to pair with somebody that was a very similar um, uh, personality type to them, an introvert or an extrovert. And the other scene, they were asked to pair with someone opposite them. Right. So they were really examining the ways in which they work. And sometimes two introverts together did not work. Sometimes the introvert and extrovert working together worked wonderfully. But it was really in, sort of interesting to kind of be able to say, this is the way I learn best. And, and so some of those ways were the ways in which we um, really changed that course and changed some of the ways in which we work. And I, the response from that, students were asked after the grades were handed in to really, really kind of examine the course and their um, relationship to introversion and extroversion. And the, the results were overwhelmingly positive from extroverts and introverts alike, realizing that, you know, the, the introverts thanking the class for you know, for the first time in a theater class, respecting their way of working and for extroverts, making them aware of, um, you know, sometimes kind of bulldozing through a conversation. We did have one student, which I thought was really interesting, that said, we don't need labels on anything. So why are we why are we labeling um, introvert or extrovert, which I thought was, an, of course, an interesting uh, point of view. But I think bef until we get to sort of fairness, um, I think that it does pay behoove us to label. Sure. It's just sort of um, additional uh, 
context, words, uh, language to use that for empowerment, just to sort of give people a moment to pause and think about how they learn best and then how to communicate that with other people, not even necessarily as a label to just say, this is how I learn best. How do you learn best? How can we work together? And I think that it travel it beyond the student realm. The other, the third part of the book really is an examination of professional practices. And I think that that professional practice is also advocating for the way in which you rehearse best or the way in which you network best. Right. So like at the end of the show and every actor is like, Hey, we're going out for a drink. I think it's perfectly valid to say I'm an introvert and I'm going to need my alone time and people will respect that. Right. But more often than not, you make up an excuse or you go and you have a terrible time or you say, you know, or, or you, now we, we are suggesting advocating for go if you want to or, or tell them that I'm an introvert and I need to recharge at home. That's a perfectly valid way to go. That's the perfect segue into my next question, which was how, does, how do these um, lessons transfer out of the theater classroom and into the theater profession? Yeah, so I think that um, really some of the important parts of that are, are things like um, We've, we've adopted this in the department, but the waiting room before an audition is no, sometimes notoriously um, loud and boisterous and, and people connecting and, and you know, it, it can be overwhelming, especially to an introvert. And so we've been advocating and, and creating uh, quiet rooms for people to go and prepare on their own before the audition. Um, just certain sim simple practices that really kind of can allow the introvert to relax. Things like getting to the um, audition early and letting the mayhem build up around you so that you have a little bit more control of that. Letting people know who is exactly in that room and the way that the audition will be run. You'll be asked to say, slate your name, then you'll be asked to say hello, then you'll have some information, then you'll do your monologue. So like knowing how the room is gonna be set up can really relieve an introvert as well. Um, making the choice of do you want to have small talk before or after your audition that again is something that we that as an introvert you can kind of make simple changes at the audition i think that the hardest part for any um introvert is really the networking event and that's where for our book we were able to find a lot more information uh, because there are a lot of networking introverts book that's really about business, but we, you know, can be adapted to the business of acting. And that's, that's really some of the hardest stuff is the idea of knowing how best you communicate. And we do a lot of case studies in there where we have Broadway actors who talk about the ways in which they, they kind of persevere, they can kind of cope with it. So as an example, a, a guy from the Book of Mormon goes, every Christmas party, it, it's really hard for me to go because of my introversion, but I go and I say hello to every person on the creative team and then I leave, right? I know that I have to be able to do that much and then I can keep myself safe. Other people say that they'll have a quick conversation and know that they handle it better via email. So they'll say, hey, let me talk to you via email. And then that's their way of networking. It's, it's, it's knowing again, what works best for you. Oh, that's so fantastic. Okay, so you you have these accounts, these tips and strategies from Broadway actors. Mm -hmm. How did you um, how did you obtain those and incorporate them into the book? Sure. So um, I was an actor in New York for too many years to count. <laughs> um, so I, I had a lot of contacts. So we do a whole chapter with it's just me an interview with one of my best friends, Jen Samard, who was nominated for Tony for Disaster. She was um, in the Hello Dolly with Bette Midler, and she's currently in the uh, 
the female Bobby of um, company, right? So she's in company and she's understudying Patti Lapone and she's on stage in the show that night. So there's a whole chapter of just how she deals with her introversion throughout the entire professional world. Um, other people we got through um, just friends of friends or stage manager friends or, or people that I knew and, and people going, well, this person's an introvert. You should talk to them. And once, once the subject was kind of broached, there was a lot of interest in it because people, people feel disenfranchised, I think, or people hide their introversion because it's, it's not in what's expected in this gregarious business. Right. So in, in a, in broad context, why would an introvert want to become an actor? You're a lot of the chapters in your book sort of touch on how an introverted person brings specific gifts to the field of theater, the industry of theater. And so, you know, how do you how do you build language around that or help that helped an introvert to understand what their gifts are? Yeah, I think that's a really awesome point. And, and uh, some of the book reviews that we got were really positive in terms of not making introversion a a ding, but rather a, a gift, right? A benefit. And, and so some of the one chapter in there really talks about all of the kind of, um, I don't want to say stereotypes, but some of the gifts that an introvert has and how those can be parlayed into the strengths of an actor. So as an example, um, really introverts are excellent researchers. They're excellent um, rehearsers, right? They, they, they love the idea of deliberate practice until something is perfected. They can be um, excellent in terms of transformation, right? So that's really one of the biggest things that an introverted actor really has specific gifts on is becoming another, right? They can, they can disappear a little bit more easily than their extroverted counterparts in a role. And I think that, that that's borne out in a lot of the research through the book as well. And so, so some of those things that, that an introvert um, needs to kind of take, take ownership of and kind of be rewarded for are important as well. That's, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Wonderful. Could you talk a little bit more about the concept of becoming another and access to vulnerability as an actor? Sure. And what can an extroverted actor learn from the process of an introvert? Well, yeah, that's. I'll start with that first. I think that what an extrovert can learn uh, from the the introvert is, I think that as an American society, we say this several times in the book, that we're just afraid of silence. And silence is sometimes where the most exciting art or decisions can happen. And so I think that when we can allow a room to sit in silence, things can be discovered that are really exciting. And an extrovert more often than not wants to fill that silence with with noise, right? Because that's that's what makes them succeed and feel better. And they talk their ideas out as opposed to think their ideas through, right? There's a, a phrase in there that talks about some people um, talk to think and other people are, are quiet to think, you know, so it really, really just depends on what your classification is. I think it's also the research and the deliberate practice, the love of it, the, the, the slow kind of process that an extra introvert can have sometimes versus the immediacy of the extrovert. There's a director that we, um, um, 
interviewed in the book that talks about, you know, if I have a really short rehearsal process and I just want to get, and I want to get it done and we have a very quick time, I'm choosing an extrovert. If I have a longer rehearsal process and I'm going to, I want it something a little bit deeper, I'm going to go to an introvert. That's a terrible generalization, but it is what the director said. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the becoming another, I think is really important as well. Um, so in the book, in, in the last book I wrote, there was a uh, we, we kind of reduced why did you go into acting into two basic, um, really basic, reductive um, phrases. One was to become another and the other was to connect with an audience. Neither one was judged better or worse. But the idea there is um, to become another and, and to connect with an audience seems to have a very introverted base for becoming another and an extroverted base for connecting to the audience. So in that, what it means for the introvert is they are, they are highly observant people. And that observation allows them a huge library of, of body types, of vocal types, of characters, of, of people that they've categorized and cataloged. And that's a little bit easier sometimes for those people to, to kind of pull those things and lose themselves right? And lose themselves in, in another way of thinking. It's sometimes a vacation for an introvert to play a, an extroverted character or play somebody so far away from their kind of safe and standard way of, of, of working. So that, that's one part of it. The, the, uh, and the, the connecting with the audience extroverted part, that makes very much a lot of sense, right? Just in terms of the, the thrive on interplay between extroverts, right? The, the, the thrive with interaction. Um, we also talked about the access to vulnerability, and that that's a really um, interesting point. I think because it go, again it goes back to that idea of of quiet and silence and letting things in to process, and that process also allows a deeper amount of empathy. So. Um, HSPs or highly sensitive people persons are more often than not. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to say that incorrectly. They are, they have a higher propensity to be introverts. And so therefore it, it follows that those um, HSPs, highly sensitive persons can therefore have access to great amounts of vulnerability and empathy. I think those are great skills for an actor. That's incredible. And you know, there's a, a safety too in, in being able to explore that character within within the confines of a script and knowing exactly what's going to happen yeah. and when it will stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because we have, um, we have this whole section in there where we asked two introverted actors to kind of take a Meyer Briggs type test in, in four different ways. First as their, their personal self, second is their professional self, because I believe that I have cultivated a much more extroverted professional self than my personal self. Right. And then to kind of take it as two characters that they've played, one that they've struggled with or might not have felt as successful and one that they felt entirely successful. We were kind of looking for data across these points about, you know, uh, do, is it easier for an extrovert to play an introvert to play an extrovert or an, another introvert? Right. And and are you are you relying on all of your introversion through all of your characters? Are you like how how much are you adapting or changing? It's really it's really interesting sort of examination of your process and how your personal self bleeds into the work you do as an actor. Oh my gosh, I love that because every time in my life that I've been asked to take a personality quiz, I'm like, which which part of my personality is taking this quiz? <laughs> and I, they're like, don't think about it too much. I'm like, but, but, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, so you mentioned at the top um, and a few times um, comedy performance and maybe even sort of the, um, the, the genre of improvisation, which could be terrifying to an introvert, I could imagine. Um, and there's a chapter in the book that discusses that as well. So how would an introvert work in improv when everything is so quick and on your feet and happens instantly? I know. And didn't you hate it? I hated doing it. I hated every second of it. Um, good at guessing the party quirks. I was not good at being a party quirk. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so the two people that we interviewed for the book um, are, are professors that teach improvisation across the country, and they both identify as introverts. And they kind of schooled me and the writers of the book in, in terms of it's actually a, a introvert's dream in a way, because there are so many rules. There's so many, I, the idea there that you are, you, once you play this game, you know what, how the game structure is going to go and to, to kind of lean into the structure and the, the rules of improvisation are actually really the strengths of an introvert. So that, that's, that's sort of where they went with that. And we talked about the idea of novelty and, and, and you know, getting the biggest laugh and, and doing the most outrageous stuff. And they're like, that's not the kind of improv people that we train, right? There are certainly people that come in, the extroverts that come in and want to do that, you know, anything for a laugh, anything of that. But they, the introverts, they say, that are much more supportive of the ensemble members, can call back really, really impressively, can, can really support the team by not, by not kind of making it about their work. So that chapter was really interesting to me because I went to, into it going like, there's no way that, you know, that, that this can ever be for an introvert, just from my personal experience. Wow, I love that. So we just turned the entire world of improvisation on its head. It's actually yeah. for introverts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, so what are your, uh, who are you hoping will read this book and, and what are the, the things that you're hoping will come from it? I, um, I hope that, first thing I hope is that the younger introverted actors kind of see that there's a place for them. Uh, there, there are many times in the book that I just talk about, you know, the, I pose a question like how many actors gave up a career just based on their introversion, right? Not seeing a place for them, not seeing, not seeing, you know, the, the loud, theater kids sitting at the table singing High School Musical, right? Like th those kids. And then there's the other people over there reading that script and they're just kind of engrossed in, in the, the research aspect of it. One is, is a much more um, vocal and visible stereoty stereotype. And the other one is kind of forgotten and put to the wayside, right? And I, I think that idea of anybody that's been told to come out of their shell or any educator that said, you need to come out of your shell, including me, shame on me, right? Yeah. Uh, those sort of things. I, I want introverted young actors and I want educators to read it. And there's also, there's suggestions throughout this third part of the book of changes, easy changes. The, and the changes that I'm talking about that we, we kind of advocate for in the book are really simple that add no time. They're just respectful. You know, they're just a, a different way of thinking about things. Um, I don't think I finished that question. So I want the young actors, I want educators, and I want people in the profession that run the auditions and networking events, directors, to, to read the book. I think that there's valuable stuff in there for, for um, everyone to kind of feel heard and feel visible. Absolutely. Okay. And so you were, you began to touch on the, the fact that 
adding these um, ideas and practices into teaching and directing and producing and whatever don't it doesn't require a complete overhaul of the way things are done. It's simple. Yeah. It's just changing the way you're thinking of things. The, the way in which you present things. So like as an example, for me, um, the idea of war- group warm-ups in a classroom um, mm-hmm. usually turn into performative events and where people are, you know, where I, I understand the idea of kind of getting a group mind and, and focusing, but the idea of, of warm up as a group kind of can, can to me turn into extroverted performing events. And so what, just one thing that I've changed is, is allowing students to warm up in small groups of their own, on their own, however they want to warm up, but they'll warm up on their own or, or however they choose to. So giving students that freedom to advocate for themselves didn't cost me any time. It just made me more respectful of the way in which they work. I wasn't forcing them to warm up and grow in the same sort of way. I love that. And especially, well, I don't really have an additional point. I just love that, Rob. I was just going to say, go back to all of the things, at, because you identify, you say, as an introvert, and you you can go, or maybe more of an ambivert, but go back to those things that you, that really kind of terrified you as an actor, and go like, how can we change that? And that's sort of what the book was doing. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really excited to read the entire text. Um, the, the excerpts that I read um, really touched base with me personally as someone who started um, as an actor, uh, then expressed interest in directing, and then ended up a stage manager because I just didn't know where else to go with my personality. <laughs> um, and I've since then gone back to directing, but I do miss um, the process of becoming another I absolutely do. And so um, I feel uh, empowered already just from what I've read to be an advocate for um, and that I still have a need to feed that side of myself as um, as a theater professional. Nice. Yeah. And so I can see how this work is going to reach a lot of people. And I think it's incredible. Thank you for bringing it into the world. Oh, thanks. Thanks for interviewing me. So the book is is called um, The Introverted Actor Practical Approaches. When will the book be released? How can we find it? Um, it it's already on pre-sale on Amazon. $84 for a hard copy, but um, the, uh, the, soft, the paperback will be coming out. Um, I think they're all released July 1st. Um, there might be a bit of delay due to COVID-19. I don't know if you heard about that, but um, so yeah. it's supposed to be July 1st. Okay, fantastic. Um, Thank you so much, Rob, for being our guest on In the Odd today, even though we are outside the odd. Um, I would like to also send a big thank you to our technical producer, Daniel Trego, Dean Christopher Long, and the marketing director, uh, Ryan Kilcoyne of the College of Arts and Letters, the Department of Theater Chairperson, Kirk Domer, for supporting this project. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State. I am Abby Taikaki, and this has been In the Odd, a Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters podcast. You can access every episode of In the Odd at theater.msu.edu forward slash AUD. And we'll be back soon with another behind the scenes look at what happens in the auditorium, outside the auditorium, wherever we decide to do theater on that particular day. Until then, support your local performing arts and go green!